0: Welcome to The Curriculum, a podcast by Cornerstones Education. Here we discuss all things curriculum, plus leadership issues, teaching tips, and much, much more. Hello everyone, it's Caroline here. Uh, before we start the podcast I just wanted to say that we did record it over the internet so the sound quality might be a bit off at times but it is a great conversation and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Okay so it's on with the podcast. Welcome everyone to the podcast. So here we've got Christy Waite who's acting her teacher. Hodgson, who's English and Humanities Lead and Hannah Brooks who's the science lead. So welcome everyone. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. So you're from St. Paul's Church of England School in the lovely city of York. I wonder if I can start. Asking you a little bit about your school, um, about the setting, the size of the school, and a bit more about your different roles.
1: Yeah, so I'm Christy Way. I'm the acting head teacher at St Paul's Primary. I've been at the school for four years and I started as the early years leader, um, then became assistant head teacher, and then became acting head teacher. Um, But at St Paul's, uh, we're a one form entry school from reception to year six. We've got 176 pupils currently on roll. Um, and like you say, we're in in the beautiful city of York, and we're quite central to places. Um, so we're very lucky in terms of being able to go for tri- go out for trips as as much as possible. I think we pretty much get out at least once a half term, and we often walk places. So we really do use the city of York for our learning. But we're very much a com- you know a, a community family feel school. All the staff are very much a, a family, and. You know we welcome parents in and, and children in like a family and obviously we've got strong links with the church st paul's church and um, just around the corner from us as well
0: fantastic and charlotte welcome to the podcast so what do, you're the humanities lead so what does that involve
2: so i am the english lead so i've been at st paul's three years now and i've been the english lead for that full that full amount of time i'm also the year six teacher two very big roles which i love it just means my english you know i'm looking to such a high standard and this year I took on the humanities role as well. And I also share the computing role as well in school with Christy and another member of staff. <laughs> so small school, lots of roles. Yes. Definitely. I yes. think that's the case for a lot of school, small schools,
0: isn't it? And it's yeah. you know. So yeah. that's that's a lot of plates. Yeah. But love it, absolutely love it. <laughs> yeah. That's the main thing, isn't it? But not
2: have it any other way. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's good to hear. And Hannah, what about you? What's your what's your sort of day-to-day role as as it were?
3: Yeah, so I am a year three teacher. I also lead on science. I'm a school mentor and I also share the school council with another member of staff as well. Cornerstones have really helped in terms of my science and it's really driven our science as a school to the place where we are now, which I'm, I'm really excited to talk about today actually.
0: Fantastic. I'll I'll look forward to talking to you a bit more about the science then that you're doing. So I wonder if I could ask you what your curriculum journey has been so far with Cornerstones. Christy, am I right in thinking you you had Cornerstones at another school?
1: Yeah, I worked in North Yorkshire previous to um, the school in York, St Paul's, and we had an Ofsted inspection where we got requires improvements, but we got good in early years and I was in early years. So after that, for the curriculum for the rest of the school, the head teacher at the time brought in Cornerstones. We used it in reception and nursery at the time as well. And I just thought it was absolutely fantastic. And I loved the sort of early years feel to it. It it had such an exciting curriculum. And I think, you know, being an an ex early years teacher, and I'm still the early years leader at St. Paul's, I just loved that feel to it. And I loved how exciting it was. And it, it made children want to learn. That was where my love of Cornerstone started. So when I moved to St. Paul's, I became early years leader, continued to develop the curriculum in early years, you know using the cornerstones like philosophy as such and then we bought into cornerstones and used it across the whole school but it was very much a a collaborative approach i got staff involved in the planning process we had you know staff inset days where we all worked on the long-term plans we all worked together and looking at the different projects that cornerstones offered and really making it work for our school and for our children and we've sort of used cornerstones and, and and everything it's got to offer and we've even extended it in places so for example, your memorable experience, we've adapted and we have a wow and a finale so that every child gets the memorable experience, but we called it a wow so that the children could, could use that word. And then we finished with a finale, which is sort of a celebration of the learning over the project. And then we, we also try and get parents involved as well with, you know, with the wows and the finales. So it's really a whole school feel, but that's where my love of Cornerstones came from, right, right back from my first school. And it sounds as if you
0: shaped it, which is is wonderful to hear, because that's the spirit in which it was created really is to give you a blueprint, but then to put your individuality on it and the needs and and to make it reflect the needs of your children. Could I ask you actually about the ethos you know your values at St Paul's, and how mm-hmm. how you have made the curriculum align with that and help you deliver mm-hmm. on those values.
1: Yeah, so St Paul's is a place to belong. We want every child to reach their full potential. And obviously Cornerstones really underpins that because it's an exciting curriculum where children can, you know, be exposed to different opportunities um, and really have that fun, engaging, practical learning. Um, our four values are family, compassion, perseverance and forgiveness. And I think in terms of family, um, again, Cornerstones has that family feel. And I, and I know from working from Corner Stoves, you're very much a family. You know, the staff there seem to be very yeah. much a family. But also that, you know, perseverance. I think we've really developed curriculum to ensure that children are excited to learn and persevere with their learning. We, we try and make it as fun as possible so that children really have that love of learning and want to learn and want to persevere with their learning. Have you
0: found that as well, Hannah and Charlotte, when you're teaching, do the children seem engaged does it spark their interests and their curiosity on the whole then from your experience
2: yeah definitely I mean to be honest you know you look back at how you taught the curriculum before cornerstones and you know you would get a topic of Tudors and I'm sure there are teachers out there who groan when they hear that oh we're doing Tudors next half term but you know the cornerstones just the revamp of it with you know for example the off with your head topic you know straight away that's so much more engaging And, you know, linking to that perseverance, they want to work hard all of those six, seven, eight weeks of that half term on that project. And they will just keep going because the resources that Cornerstones offer, the lessons are just so brilliant and and so inspiring to teachers. That Actually, teachers love to teach it now a lot more and just get really excited about a lesson.
3: I would definitely agree. There's such a buzz around St. Paul's in terms of the learning that's going on now throughout the whole school. I think teachers are just just inspired by the lessons. There's just engaging activities to go towards. It builds on the skills and progression across the school. But yeah, children have a real love of learning at St Paul's, and that's all the way from
0: reception. Through to year six, it's such a fantastic environment to be in. That's lovely to hear. And my, I know my colleague Rachel came to visit the school, and she said that she came back buzzing because she said it was such a lovely place to be. She could tell, you know, you can tell when you walk into a school, and I mean, that's a real testament to you bringing the curriculum to life. Because that's it's a two-way thing, isn't it? You've got the materials, Hannah. I like the way you said it inspired you. Thing is, a curriculum is there to inspire and to help provide resources but it's how you shape it can I go back to Christy actually and ask you about your role as a head teacher obviously now you've got lots of different jobs on at the moment because we're in lockdown but on the whole in terms of your curriculum overview curriculum workload um how has it impacted on on you
1: um, well i was made curriculum leader when i was an assistant head teacher and um, so i really took the curriculum on then and that's when i planned and developed it with all the staff so after that whole planning process we've we've really i mean we've finished our year b now we have a year a and a year b mm. so we've got to the end of year b now and we've gone back and reviewed it but in phases because we work very much in phases across school So, in terms of my workload with the curriculum, everyone knows where they are, everyone can review and reflect it and be honest about it, you know, we've developed a school where every staff member can reflect on the learning that's happened and the projects that they've done. So, in terms of my workload with curriculum now, my workload is a lot less because I feel like even though we are reflecting and reviewing the curriculum. Now we've done all of that planning and all of the staff are involved and like Charlotte and Hannah said, inspired by it. It very much runs itself.
0: What about you, and Charlotte and Hannah? What's the impact been on your teaching approach but also your workload?
2: I think general teaching approach, you know, no matter what type of teacher you are, whether you are the creative one who jumps, you know, around your classroom to try and teach your point. Um like that's Hannah. Oh,
0: Hannah. <laughs> that's Charlotte and
2: I. Yes,
3: it's a great
0: workout.
2: Yeah, give me an English lesson and I'm off. Um, but you know, whether you're that type of teacher or you are a little bit more of a you know, a self-conscious one and you're very, you know, very thorough analytical with your teaching, Cornerstones offers such a creative approach and it out aligns those lessons so well that it gives that any teacher the confidence to be able to teach that engaging lesson that's actually suitable for all learners and the workload as we say yes we plan in phases so i obviously will plan with the year five class but um cornerstones you know does take that massive weight off you Mm. in trying to think of a fun lesson for a specific you know subject objective it really does allow you more time to think more about your specific class your needs in that class and adapt that specific lesson instead of just going oh i need to resource a lesson you know in your afternoon of ppa and come up with all of the information for it so you know it really does help us to narrow down to individual learners in a lot more um, detail really
0: i'm so pleased to hear that charlotte hannah do you want to add anything about yeah. <laughs>
3: cornerstones has given us that opportunity to work more collaboratively in our phases And due to subject leaders being supported so well through Cornerstones with their own subject design and their long term plans, then teachers can turn to that planning and it's really helped our teachers to plan lessons that are purposeful, but also like meet the coverage of their subject as well. I think teachers are more aware of the objectives and the skills and the knowledge that need to be met within the lessons throughout the foundation subjects and the work that's gone into our curriculum at St. Paul's and by subject leaders, we can turn to cornerstones for those ideas that we need in order to make sure that our lessons are so engaging and we infuse our children. But I also want to talk about Maestro as well because the progression in objectives through Maestro now means that we can plan across phases even more effectively as well so knowledge and skills and understanding are continually being built upon so teachers can really focus on that differentiation in the lesson and how they're challenging their pupils that's all down to cornerstones having that in place it's just I think it's helped staff feel confident as well, especially in their subject knowledge. And there's just so much detail within Cornerstones that it has massively helped our workload. Um, And now that you've provided these linked investigations as well, oh my goodness, when I heard about that for science, I was literally jumping around saying, so again, it's just another tool that, we're really excited about and that can really help towards our planning and progression throughout the curriculum. So yeah it's had a huge impact on us all at St Paul's and we're just extremely grateful to have Cornerstones as such an amazing resource that we can all turn to.
0: We're so pleased that it is because... It's not about de-skilling teachers. It's just providing you with the tools. Something like a progression and skills framework is really hard to do. I'll move on to my next question then. You mentioned it earlier, Christy, you were describing how engaged the children were. What have you seen in terms of the impact, not just on engagement, but on the children's retention of knowledge, their development of their skills and so on?
1: Well, the main reason that we went with Cornerstones is because we wanted children to have a love of learning and we wanted them to be so engaged in their learning that they, you know, they couldn't think about anything else. And obviously now that we've got that love of learning and that buzz around school, children are so engaged in the projects that they actually want to take the learning beyond our classroom. Mm, They do extra things at home, they bring things in, their homework projects are, are amazing, aren't they? They're just they really do take it above and beyond. So I think in terms of the skills and knowledge, the children love their learning so much that even they take it beyond the classroom and, and do extra at home and, you know, get the parents involved. So I think our skills and knowledge have really improved across the whole school.
2: I think as well when we, you know, Christy and Norsaf revamped the way we deliver the curriculum, we made it such a cross-curricular approach, obviously underpinned by the cornerstones topics. So for English, for example, you know, our whole class text. And our whole lot of English is based on our Cornerstones topic. So those skills and knowledge was being transferred from topic lessons, you know, your humanities and your science lessons. And we were starting to incorporate it into English because they're saying, you know, if you've got a greater depth writer, they should be, you know, you should be seeing that transferable skill into science and vice versa in other subjects. So the Cornerstones offers the children the opportunity to practice skills multiple times, which as we know for some learners, they need in order for it to actually be embedded. It's not a, a one lesson, you know, and they've got it. You've got a good six or seven weeks to, to embed certain skills, embed that knowledge that they're drawing on in so many different ways. In a sense, that's what greater depth is. It's that understanding, that that breadth of understanding with something that you're not necessarily going to get out of a one lesson lesson objective. So Cornerstone just generally just offers so much opportunity for that learning to just go across the whole board of subjects.
3: Adding to what Charlotte's just said, through the English side of things, I think our children now have such a desire to write and to write at length across the curriculum and we've started to see that become really embedded now as well. The projects are just so exciting and children are so enthusiastic about them that I think they almost forget that they're writing sometimes. I mean it's had such a significant impact in terms of that across our curriculum as well. Do you
0: do the English in your own way, inspired by the projects, or do you follow the
2: the ideas that are in the projects or a bit of both? So you know, um, our English lessons obviously are set across schools, so we start with every class has a whole class text linked to their topics, which you know we all look to the cornerstones book list that is provided for each topic as our you know key indicators. You know, not every teacher hasn't read every single book in the world to be able to know (laughs) what's suited for year groups and and certain topics. So we do use the cornerstones resources there. And then you will read that class text for the whole of your topic as well. Obviously, with, you know, early years, Key Stage 1, they will have a, a few books to read in the space of a half a term, but linked to the topic. And then your guided reading is drawn from that class text. Your spag is drawn from the pages that you've been reading that day or that week. And then your writing also links to that class text. So, you know, if in your story you're, you know, in a certain setting description, you might do setting descriptions, you might do a travel brochure, but something that would link to the class text, you know, and if you're doing a travel brochure in English and you're, you know, teaching the Ola Mexico topic, you know, the Mm -hmm. two just come straight together and it just provides so much more purpose in their writing and they understand it more. And you don't lose lesson time. You know, it makes it sound like it's a big job, but, you know, if they're already learning about Mexico in, in their geography lessons in an afternoon, they're not then spending about two English lessons on a Chromebook researching all the facts about Mexico. It's totally. so much time, they get more writing done, and they enjoy it so much more. And from a
3: science point of view, it's been so powerful because the science teaching that's actually come across as well within the English lessons, I mean charlotte has just driven the way for that through um, our upper key stage two classes i think the children have become so knowledge rich because they're just absorbing all of this
0: information through our cross-curricular approach do you think then that that kind of application of knowledge and skills is it giving children more opportunities to embed the knowledge then
2: yeah it lets them draw on vocabulary and let them understand the vocabulary a lot more as well to use just across the board and I mean like I say that that constant drip drip for some learners you know they need that in order for them to access the curriculum in the first place so you know, it's so beneficial just for every academic ability of a child, you know, that greater depth reasoning and understanding that you're going to see from it, but also the repetition and the rote kind of learning that some people have, that some people need as well. How much um, support do you get from your communities and how much engagement
0: do you have with the school community and your curriculum?
1: So if, if a parent, for example, has a specific skill or they're working in a specific role and they find out about our projects, they want to come in. One of our year two parents is a marine biologist and we did beach comers last summer in year one and year two and she oh. came in and did a presentation to all of those children and then she came to the seaside with us and oh. she slept in the sea with me and the children and you know they were look, you know they were looking you know for things and, and paddling in the sea and yeah. everything so that's an example. We have another dad who's a firefighter and when we were doing he came in and we set we made pudding lane and he set it on fire you know our parents get excited about it but also what we've done to match our curriculum is we've changed our homework what we do matching the projects that we do in school is we do a, a curriculum grid for homework projects so that families can get involved in different activities and hopefully one of those activities on the sheet will inspire families to get involved so it might be an art and T project linked to the project it might be a writing project it might be going to your local library and looking it might be interviewing your grandparents you know when we did memory box that was one of the activities on our so and parents seem to really enjoy it I think we've seen a lot more engagement with parents doing homework as well but also those parents who want to come into school and support our learning where, where they can
0: do a lot of them come in for your Express stage at the end of the project
1: yeah, so we call it a finale, um, but for example, I think it was Memory Box, we had an afternoon tea for grandparents. So year one and two did an afternoon tea for grandparents, and when we asked the children how many grandparents were coming, we must have had about six hands up. When we actually opened the doors on the Friday afternoon, I think we had about 40 grandparents.
2: <laughs> year six is being called in for drinks. Can year six is come for drinks? <laughs> okay. We need reinforcements. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was so lovely so part of the English and we we'd done memory box in in autumn one and part of the English was writing an invitation to the grandparents so making that that purposeful you know experience for the children that lesson was purposeful and those invitations went home and we'd put wear your best dress and you know wear your best clothes and come for afternoon tea and honestly they did they were in their best dresses they were in little hats you know they'd brought they'd they'd done all sorts and unfortunately the queen didn't come which the children were very disappointed about but lots of grandparents came (laughs)
0: they'll never forget that will they oh it's lovely to hear that i have to mention last year's results because i I know you did ever so well last year
1: so we got 96 percent across the board for year six sats last year which we were incredibly proud of Obviously the year six cohort worked incredibly hard throughout the whole time at St. Paul's, but they'd also had a year of this exciting curriculum. So we really did see the benefit of that especially in terms of the writing, I think it would only be fair to pass this on to Charlotte as she's the year six teacher.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well congratulations Charlotte.
2: Yeah I mean they were a, a lovely a lovely cohort to teach. they would they were like sponges bless them you know they were just so engaged with everything. It's a tricky year year six because you you almost don't know how children are going to react with it you know there's a lot of pressure you know they they're coming in in September and they know they've got to sit sats and they know it's their last year so you know they're already quite anxious about it but I think the benefit of us having cornerstones they were so distracted (laughs) from it all um they really didn't notice and as much as you know you you prepare them and things the like Chrissy said the writing was the massive thing for us to try and push obviously that's not That's not got its own test. That's done, obviously, by myself. Obviously, there are strict guidelines. And what we were struggling with initially was, you know, making sure we had that evidence and we were pushing children. They were, you know, a brilliant year group. But to try and get greater depth is is really tricky. And the, the benefit that I found for Cornerstones was... Like we were discussing earlier, that breadth of knowledge gives them more opportunity to write about it and expand more than what they would initially as well. The text that we were using, you know, year group based topics, so you knew your class text was at a level that was correct for them. And, you know, if anything, you were pushing your middle attainers, low attainers to access something that they wouldn't necessarily access, but they were going to have to access it for their assessments. So doing that, we will have a mixture of whole class guided reading to just doing, you know, a carousel of guided reading. So we do alternate it so that they're still practicing those comprehension skills. But the amount of knowledge that they get from a whole class text and then that transferable knowledge into science, into geography, so that they're understanding the text in more detail was just brilliant for them and like I said made it made sure it was all fully embedded and we draw like spag as well from the whole class text so instead of just saying oh this is subjunctive form or this is how a semicolon works you've actually got a text in front of them that has it in there and they can see why it works you're not just saying a definition of a a grammar term they've got evidence of it and see how it works in real life I think a lot of when we get to year six is why do I need to know this I'm never going to need to know this information (laughs) but you know it just applied it so much more for them in real context like with the science as well so they're a lovely year group but high expectations that we had across all subjects really really helped it meant that they didn't slack off in any way they worked really really hard
0: fantastic to hear that now uh, I was going to ask you a couple of questions
2: about Maestro how have you got on with it so far While we've been on lockdown, I have played with Maestro. So as humanities, obviously I took it on this year. And what we were finding is, you know, from staff voice that people were struggling to come up with like greater depth, what that looked like, especially things like geography and history, and also making sure that the range of activities, you know, a kid can only label a map, you know, once or twice before it becomes redundant exercise in itself and they're bored and how you differentiate some of those skills. So obviously, I was reviewing the long-term plan. Uh, that initially, you know, we just had geography objective for each topic um, that they were covering. So Hannah had done a brilliant job with the science long-term plan, where she'd—I'm um, sure you can discuss it more in detail, Hannah—but um, when she'd broken down what the objective would look like for an expected child in a GDS. Um, so. I had spoke to Christy and said, oh, I think we need to do this for humanities as well. It's a massive job to do, to review any long-term plan as a subject lead. When obviously we had the introduction on Maestro, you know, straight away I was thinking, oh, this is going to make my job so much easier. (laughs) And like we mentioned earlier, you know, the progression of skills, activities as well, but it just made it easier for me to find things. Just even the menus of just selecting, you know, beachcombers, geography, And then it lists the objectives to then draw on and then do the progression uh, look as well. Made a massive difference. So we now have ready to roll out in September a geography and a history long term plan broken down for every year group for a greater depth activity and expected activity to ensure, like we said, that progression of skills is such a focus now. But that's a massive help to us. And then moving forwards as subject leaders, the coverage checker, but you know the maestro offers the ability to you know select your lesson plans so instead of trawling through three topic books that you might have in the space Mm -hmm. of an academic year trying to find evidence to track your long-term plan you can just literally go onto maestro select the objective you want to see you can see how many times it's been taught across that year group which lessons so it makes it easy for you to find that work to like ensure that we've covered it really so next year i think that's obviously our main main thing as well want to look at i mean just on workload itself a massive impact that's great that
0: lesson taught feature i think some people might underestimate that but that is so useful because once you've ticked that it then you know obviously you don't know if it's learnt. that's your assessment yeah But if you can, it's perfect for coverage. And as a subject lead, you can then look back at another teacher and think, actually, there were some lessons that weren't taught. So do we have gaps in coverage? And if you do find any that you think are significant, you can assign them on Maestro to another. So you can just keep a live overview of it.
1: I know when we had the training staff were just blown away by it with all the different features that were shown and I know Hannah was especially excited about the the science that you've now given us because obviously prior to that it wasn't something that was available was it with with our package anyway but now that's on my show I know I know we've been very excited about that and I I teach science in year two and I've already done one and absolutely loved it so that's good to hear Because yeah. those
0: love to investigate, the science projects were written by um, Fran Barnes, who's um, our science specialist here, who she really wants children to get engaged with science. But there's a lot of knowledge in there, and there's, they do challenge children as well. So, Hannah, how have you? I know you, you were excited by them. Well, I know when I
3: um, I first heard about them, I just knew it was. Another fantastic resource that teachers could use to help them in terms of their planning. In terms of science, I've tried to link the science topics as closely as I can with the Cornerstones projects. So staff can turn to Cornerstones for ideas of activities. But I think these linked investigations now, when staff are looking at their project and they see that there's a linked science investigation for that project then it automatically hits those objectives and it gives staff that platform to go to for a science investigation that's just going to really inspire the children. I haven't managed to do one myself yet because we had the the meeting just before lockdown, but I'm going to adapt my long-term plan around the science investigations now just to make it even more helpful for staff.
0: You know, in a few months' time when all this is over i'd love to to see how you're getting on if that's okay definitely
3: hannah
1: is just brilliant with science and this when ofsted call i'm going to ask for science you feel well prepared then oh massively yeah (laughs) definitely definitely and cornerstones
3: have helped us with that so at the start of our curriculum journey and development cornerstones helped with the knowledge and the sequence and the progression across our foundation subjects and it allowed for us as subject leaders at school to then tailor that Mm. to our individual subjects and our new long-term plan so like i mentioned before science for every year group the knowledge is is different working scientifically comes uh, and key stages can work with that but i had to ensure that we had the the skills, knowledge and understanding and the progression throughout school. So I tailored the cornerstones projects as much as I could to the objectives within science. And I did a big piece of work as Charlotte's mentioned on making sure that for every objective within the science curriculum, staff were aware of how that looked in the classroom so the skills that the children should leave the classroom with for that lesson um, and how we can challenge the children more as well so the cornerstones projects offer full subject coverage really through their projects and as a school in order to ensure the curriculum met the needs of our children we've adapted this to work for us So us as subject leaders have been supported with this through Cornerstones and we've been given the provision and the guidance through Cornerstones to help children build on their key skills and knowledge as they move through school. There are larger objectives within the curriculum that need to be recovered and revisited all of the time and Cornerstones has really helped subject leaders to ensure that those areas of understanding are built on as they go and work through school. So our long-term plans are linked as closely as possible to the Cornerstones projects to ensure that we provide our children with that cross-curricular approach and whilst ensuring that skills and progression and knowledge has been met. So we're confident that we have a broad and engaging and balanced curriculum and I think the Cornerstones projects especially have helped to go beyond the academic side of things and also develop our children's personal skills as well due to the fact we've got such an exciting curriculum in place now. I'm definitely confident for deep dives. <laughs> um, I think that we have well-sequenced lessons across the curriculum and like I said before that our children are now becoming knowledge rich and due to all the support that we've been given through the curriculum and cornerstones like Charlotte and I mentioned previously as well then teachers can really focus on that key differentiation within their lessons and now that they have these statements within the long-term plan to turn to and cornerstones to turn to for activities then it's just been cornerstones has just been a fantastic resource for us in terms of making sure that we
0: have that challenge within every single lesson. I mean, Ofsted say they just want to see what you're doing. They're not for anything, but we know from the guidance and from the Education Inspection Framework, they're also looking at subject leadership, you know, and that ability to focus on pedagogy, on supporting colleagues and their knowledge of subjects as well. So, Do you think by having the resources and the structure there, is it giving you both actually Charlotte and you Christie is it giving you just a bit of headspace to then support staff with their own subject knowledge oh
3: absolutely um we were really lucky with that in terms of supporting staff with their own CPD
2: i think Hannah as well just as well did brilliant Hannah has brilliant links with stem and Hannah organizes for stem ambassadors to come in so you know she'll contact them saying what our topic is what science objective we're covering and that's another bit of CPD for staff really to get that more greater depth knowledge. So blood heart topic for year six, love that topic. And I spoke to Hannah about it and and we managed to get um, somebody to come in and do a heart dissection for the kids, which is just, you know, for a child in year six to see something like that and just the wow experience, Mm. they were just blown away by it. And we've had, you know, I had a paleontologist come in via STEM we've had um i mean hannah you could list loads probably (laughs) i think what cornerstones
3: has really provided us with is enrichment partnerships that we've been able to create Mm -hmm. and have a bank of resources and a bank of people to turn to now that will visit school that we can go and visit to provide those engaging experiences for our children like charlotte said there is a stem ambassador network that we've used loads to to bring scientists into school so children can see the types of jobs that they could be doing themselves when they get older and that was so important to us as a school is giving children the opportunities to see these different kind of professions and what they do Mm. Um, and you know many of our children then leave those kind of sessions saying I'm going to be a paleontologist and (laughs) all of this Um, so it's developing that love of learning but it's also helping our children get ready for for the you know it's
0: 21st century learning it's just so powerful I think as, as leaders, it's so busy being a teacher or leader. I remember what it was like and just finding the time to do those enrichments, to make those networks and those contacts, that's adding a depth to your subject leadership that then has such a wonderful knock-on effect for the children. So it's great to hear you can focus on those. I mean, you are lucky being in York because I know there's so much history there. You've, you're almost tripping over resources, aren't you? Yeah.
1: We are very lucky. But I think going back to like the workload for me as acting head teacher, what Cornerstones has done and the way we've implemented it and developed it as a team, it's actually inspired teachers to be creative and to look, you know, even further than the Cornerstones ideas and take an idea and and even make it bigger sometimes with the STEM ambassadors, but also as subject leaders, you know everyone is inspired by our curriculum staff included and if you saw our curriculum two years well three years ago now we're coming to the end of our two-year rolling program but it it wasn't like this at all and staff have just been inspired as as well as the children staff have been inspired as teachers and as subject leaders and they've just really blown the curriculum out of the water you know it's I I really, truly believe that our curriculum is outstanding.
0: Well, it's a testament to all your support for each other and your drive. And enthusiasm for the children and what opportunities you're giving them. It's so lovely to talk to you all. Obviously, once lockdown is over and looking forward to a time when the children are all back, what is your vision for the school? Do you want to carry on as you are? Have you got any ambitions or any other opportunities you want to give the children or staff?
1: Well, we've just, as I said, we've come to the end of our two year rolling programme. So, in phases, we've just reviewed and reflected on the last two years and made slight adaptations and, and, you know, maybe move projects around. Charlotte and I, Um, because I do teach in year one and two so I get involved in that phase and Charlotte's um, in year five and six so we've put the stargazer topic in year five and six and the moon zoom topic together you know so we've made little adaptations but I, I think it's important not to ever think that our curriculum is ever perfect and to just keep building and building and building and providing different opportunities and as many opportunities as we can for children to both educate them give them the skills and knowledge but also to prepare them for the 21st century and really show them as much as we can about the world around us and and give them as many opportunities to learn about the world around us as we can and and do that in a fun and exciting way.
0: There's no better way to end our conversation. (laughs) It's a lovely point to end on, Christy. Thank you so much, everyone, for your time. You know, when we hear stories about how it's impacting on the children and on you as teachers we we never take that for granted we're so grateful of your support and you're such great advocates for it so all the best thank you very much thank you bye everyone